Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our final segment. This is Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. And I am here with our expert in manufacturing, Patty Gander. Hey, Wendy. So, hey, many of our listeners today are employers, um, often business operations, uh, HR, or they're doing a little bit of everything because they're a small business and they have the HR hat on. You know, we're seeing this in every industry, but I want to specifically talk about, you know, uh, um, manufacturing industry. What tips can we give our listeners today to attract and retain employees specifically in the manufacturing industry in the United States? We have to remember, um, you know, that, you know, we've got the Gen Z's now, right? They're just starting to enter into into the workforce. And the Gen Z's um, are very different than the millennials who we would want to attract before. So the Gen Z's are the ones that we're trying to attract into the manufacturing industry. So understanding things about Gen Z's. Gen Z's are very technology savvy. So they, they don't want to go work in a manufacturing company that, uh, that, that isn't necessarily got technology or, or a lot of manufacturers have technology, but they don't know that that's what they should be promoting out there when they're looking to hire these Gen Zs. So you want to be able to, to, to show the Gen Zs the things that the Gen Zs are interested in, like technology. They're also very interested in companies that are, are socially conscious, socially aware. Um, and a lot of manufacturers do that. They're very community involved. So you, you got to put the things out there that would attract that Gen Z organization to come in uh, or a generation to come in. The other thing about the Gen Zs, and this kind of goes, kind of wraps up, encapsulates a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. Gen Zs don't think that they should be the one to have to pay for their education. They feel like if they're going to go to work for a company and the company is going to get the benefit of them being there, then the company should be the one that pays for their education. They shouldn't have to pay for their education. So they go in with an expectation of being trained and educated by the employer in order to do the job. And then whereas the millennials were job hoppers, Gen Zs tend to be more loyal where they would stay in an organization that if you hired them and gave them education and training that allowed them to grow in an organization, they would be more likely to stay and not job hop like the millennials do job hopping. Yeah. And, and so God, I think this opens up a whole other podcast here that we don't have the time to talk about because I love talking about generations. And, um, you know, I, I also like to defend, uh, millennials about job hopping because we didn't, <laughs> we didn't help them out with that. You know, we had, we had, uh, economic crashes. We had then this whole thing with millennials, they had no choice, many of them. And then some of them said, you know what? Nobody's taking care of me. I got to go take care of myself. Uh, and, and Gen Z, um, you know, kudos to you, Gen Z, for saying, hey, let somebody else pay for my education, <laughs> because not only can they say that, they can back it up right now because we're all, I hate to use this word, but we're desperate. We're so desperate that if you are an employer and you're not saying, well, yeah, I'm going to train you and I'm going to pay for it. If you're trying to do the old school thing of like, oh, you got to sign a contract for three years in order for me to give you this $2,000 training. Good luck retaining anybody. Good luck getting right. anybody to sign on because they're not going to stick around. 
for employers and HR and recruiters that are listening today, there's all kinds of websites that you can go to, you know, use your local unemployment offices because every state there's the unemployment side and then there's the side that helps um, companies too. And you could post those jobs for free. Indeed, LinkedIn, all of those things also. But there's another website that I found called creatorswantit.org. And so that's pretty cool where you can, you know, put job, um, uh, put your manufacturing jobs on there. And then don't forget since, since Patty, you brought it up uh, versus Gen Z and the other, the other, um, you know, uh, groups, you know, make sure that no matter where you're at with your demographics, that you have to be age inclusive in your organizations, in the manufacturing organizations. And um, unfortunately, what we do see is a lot more baby boomers in the manufacturing industries. And guess what? They're retiring. Shocker. We knew this was coming for 20 years and we Mm -hmm. didn't do a darn thing about it. Right. What's and interesting so, too with with that different ages that are in in the manufacturing, um, the, the the economists that that I went to their their discussion. Uh, one of the things that we've seen is um, is um, there's been a shift of wealth. Yeah. So you have um, you know people that had they had amassed these nice retirement packages, um, and then they've passed away, and they've they've passed that wealth down to that next generation. And so um, people like, you know, in their 50s, where they that they've all, all of a sudden come into to money, um, they still want to work, but they don't necessarily want to work full time. Mm-hmm. So they want to work part time. But manufacturers really have not set themselves up for part time work. So oh, finding a way to find out, you know, how do I make my my uh, flexibility built into my staffing? I, mean, I can hire two part time people, right, to fill an eight an eight hour job. But where I would normally as a manufacturer, because we were very sit in our own little box of how things used to be, this is a full-time 40-hour position. And we don't think about, well, it could be two part-time people that fill this slot. So manufacturers also need to be creative in, in, in their staffing too and look at, you know, how do I flex things so that people that maybe not necessarily want to work full-time, um, that I can still bring them because they bring a lot to the table that, you know, they have a lot of, you know, background. So why would I discount them because they only want to work 20 hours a week? Yeah. And I think that goes for any age, to be quite honest, because we're just in a new world. You know, it's 2023. There people have different things going on in their life than they used to 20 years ago. Um, you know, not everybody has kids. Um, not everybody is married. Not everybody, you know, a lot of people have their own businesses that they're running on, on the side. And so they only want or need a, a full, uh, a part time job or maybe, uh, part-time if you want to consider it X amount of hours to get the health insurance, you know, things like that. So super, super good point, Patty, of bringing that on, of being creative with all of your demographics. And yes, is it going to continue to be difficult to fill those roles and be creative? Absolutely. But we don't really have a choice. Um, the biggest thing that I would say is, you know, think outside the box uh, with all the programs that you were mentioning, things like, you know, apprenticeships, pr- apprenticeship programs. That was a hard one to say. Um, certification programs. Again, folks, some of these things might be paid by grants in your um, in your state or otherwise you are going to have to put it into a training development budget. And remember that training has to be done by people who know how to train. <laughs> so right. it can't just be done by, 
you know, just anybody, because not everybody knows how to train, even if they're the smartest and most qualified person there. So that brings me back to to you, Patty, of uh, how can people reach out to you? How can they find you um, so that you can go in and at least help them with an assessment and help them with training, even if it's getting local training programs, but that you can help them not waste their time and money? Sure. Um, I, you know, I have, I do have a website. Um, it's not great right now, but it has contact information on it. Um, but, uh, but I, I, uh, I, I can be reached. Um, and we can put that out there. My uh, email address is, uh, pgander at employbest.com, um, is a, a good way to reach me. Um, or my uh, work phone number is 813-395-9074 is another great way to reach me. Um, and I'm usually out and about too at different yep. professional meetings. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. And you're on LinkedIn as well, right? I am on LinkedIn as well. So you can grab me through LinkedIn. As a matter of fact, I've had a lot of people reach out through me via LinkedIn and, and, um, and ask me about coming in and doing assessments or doing some worker training for them that way as well. I think that would be a great use of, of your time with everybody because I, like we started this first session off is a, People might just throw something at the wall and and try to make it stick. And they didn't really do the assessment. They're like, Oh, I need training for whatever skill. And you're, you're coming in going, well, that might not really be it. Let's, let's assess properly assess. And it's the same thing for what I do. And I know you and I teach the same things, um, you know, outside of the tech technical skills, but you know, of just communicating with people, but the assessments folks, they're so, so important, you know, getting information from the horse's mouth, from your employees to find out what are the skills that you have? What, um, are you possibly capable of? And we could do a lot of these things. Um, I don't want to say cheap, but definitely, you know, we could figure out ways to get creative and make them cost effective for small businesses, but just make sure that you are focusing on training your people so that you could retain them. Because if you don't retain them, we're not going to have a whole lot of conversation for your organization because you may not exist in the future. And, And just one last thing that I wanted to say is, you know, we talked about different ages of people working in the organizations. Um, it, workers of all ages need training because technology continues to change. And as it changed, we need to have some training. So don't, don't like take this away from day saying, Oh, we only need to train 21 year olds. You know, we need to train everybody. And you'd be surprised uh, with older workers if depending on how you approach it and it's not scary, the less scary you make it, they're going to want to not only um, be part of the training, but they might take over the training and say, I got this. I'm going to train the rest of the team. And then ta-da, you don't have to pay an external trainer to do that. Yeah, Any last, last uh, points of advice there? Yeah. You know, um, from my career too, one of the things that, that I, I always made sure that I did was to make sure that I partnered with HR Right. And so in a lot of organizations, you still have silos and we, you know, we think about HR, but if, if the people in, that are, you know, running the manufacturing area and understand, you know, what are the skills and capabilities and things like that, then if, if they would partner with HR, then HR would have a much better chance of bringing in 
you know, the people with the skills and, and the capabilities um, and be able to recruit more effectively um, if there was that partnership. So, so, so don't draw a wall between HR and operations, yeah. make sure you break that wall down and, you know, and, and HR go out onto the production floor and, and yep. learn a little bit about what's going on out there. But Hey, operations, the door swings in both directions, go and sit down with HR and talk about the things that you need from an HR perspective. So right. I think it, it goes both ways. They need to get creative too. So not just not only focusing on the young folks, but don't forget about the veterans as well, who have a lot of skills that um, sometimes we make assumptions and think that they're not transferable, but they totally are. Any a new hire that you bring in, I don't care what their experience is or what their age is, you're going to have to train them for your organization. And then you're probably going to have to develop them because technology keeps changing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We look forward to helping you in any way possible. You know how to get in touch with me, Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.